0: tonight yeah that was awesome let's do this all right who's excited to be here tonight there we go you guys were so ready to like yell some of you guys were I don't know not all of you guys I know I get it I get it okay there there's my volume I was like talking on my own here all right um here's what we're gonna do I need somebody who can pray over the service and do the pop thing I am fearing feedback Alyssa come on up give her a round of applause you guys all right, I'll hold the mic for you, and best we can, the mic's not working too well, but if you just want to say a quick prayer and then open up the pot, let's do it. I pray the overhealing, and I pray that whatever Sean has says is only from God, and to be able to go through this week and be able to have fun and be happy. Awesome. All right, three, two, one. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tonight we are in day 75 of the 100-Day Dare. I say question mark because I believe we're in 75. We are three-fourths of the way done. That is incredible, guys. We are 75%. I know each day is like, okay, so tomorrow is going to be like 76%. It's really easy with percentages on 100. But we are three-fourths of the way done with the 100-Day Dare. And tonight we are learning about the travels of Paul, of Paul's missionary journeys. And to do that, I actually recorded, pre-recorded my message in a in my car and I went on a road trip around liberty to teach you guys about how Paul traveled around his world and listen I'm going to admit something to you guys and I've been watching way too much discovery plus okay so that's a lot of reality tv that's a lot of cooking shows that's a lot of uh what's that man versus food I'm I'm such a dad what man versus food man versus food. So I don't know who that is, but I'm guessing that's the guy. Anyways, I've been watching too many shows. So when I made this video, it is halfway inspired by those shows. Anyways, I'm going to be done talking. Let's check out this sermon from me in my car. Let's watch it. All right. Hey, Elevates. This is Sean, and I am in my car. As you can see, this is my car. And um, I'm very excited for tonight because we are doing the 100-Day Dare, and we have just started the section of Travels of Paul, of Paul's missionary journey. And I'm really, really excited for that. So, really excited to talk to you guys about this in this unique, special Elevate Youth service. So tonight, we're going to be talking about a man named Paul. Now Paul, as most of us know, he used to be named Saul. And the reason is because he was he had a moment where he was transformed, where there was a before and after moment of Saul's life, right? There was a moment where he was like I'm forever changed because of this moment. I there was a before there's a before Saul, and then there's an after Saul, which we was, he was renamed Paul. Now, Saul used to persecute the church. He used to go to churches, the people who believed in Jesus, and he would like knock on their door and say, hey, you are not allowed to do this. He would drag them out, he would arrest them, and he would approve of them to be killed. So Saul was not a guy to be messing around with. He, he was a serious, serious dude who had some issues to deal with. But Saul had a but God moment. Maybe you guys remember my but sermon. I don't even know what to say about it, but God changed Saul's life forever. He changed his life forever. He gave Saul a new name. He changed his heart. He, he, Saul repented because of what he had seen. And there was a before and after moment that marked him and changed him forever. And my question for you guys is, has there ever been a before and after moment in your life? A funny example for me was, think of it, it's Christmas Day, several, several years ago, I promise, I'm not that old. Several, several years ago, it was Christmas Day, the Nintendo Wii just got released. And I'll tell you, I was so excited, we really wanted that. And my grandparents come over for Christmas, they bring in these big boxes of gifts, and guess what, one of those was the Nintendo Wii. And I'll tell you, there was a before And After Sean once the Nintendo Wii came because mostly because of Wii sports But there was a before and after Moment and in that moment we began to look like this kid and this video. I'm sure you've seen it before Check this out And I'll tell you, there was a before and after moment in that kid for sure. Now so that's a positive example of a before and after, but I want to tell you guys about a negative before and after moment that marked me. And as many of you guys know, uh, late last year I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And let me tell you, there was a before and after moment for that because that changes your lifestyle, that changes your eating habits, that changes a lot of things. Now, I'm believing that this is not forever. I'm believing that God's gonna heal me, that I'm gonna recover from this well, but there is still at least a temporary before and after moment. That will change you. The the before and after moments change you. So we're going to read Paul's before and after moment. It's found in Acts chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead, get them out. Acts chapter 9, verse 19 says, Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. This is talking about the before and after moment. He had a vision of God and God spoke to him in a mighty way. Afterward, he ate some food, regained his strength. Saul Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. So he's hanging out with believers, and that took a big leap of faith for them to trust him. But he stayed with them for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, saying he is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? And they asked, didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains, leading them to, this pr- to the priest? They're saying, hey, isn't this the guy that like yesterday was coming here to kill people, but now he's preaching about Jesus? What happened to him? Listen to, listen to this. Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus could not refute the proofs that Jesus was the Messiah. His old mission was to murder and arrest Christians. But God changed him and gave him a chance to repent. And now his new mission is to bring life and to empower them. The same people he was murdering and arresting, he is now bringing life and empowerment to them. And so what did Paul begin to do? God gave Paul a mission and say, I want you to travel the world and bring this new life and new empowerment to the Christians. Instead of traveling the world murdering them, empower them, give them life. And so Paul began this great road trip of Paul's missionary journeys. And tonight, I wanna take you guys on a road trip, not around the world, but around Liberty so that we can learn what Paul did and how that affects us. So let's make our first stop, first place we're going to. Let's head that way. And so the road trip begins. The first stop I wanna make on a road trip around Liberty is the historic Liberty Jail. The reason I chose this stop was because many, many times throughout Paul's missionary journey and his life, he was imprisoned time and time again. And I believe there is a key we can learn from Paul's imprisonments. Many times, Paul found himself right here in prison, right here in jail. Many people have wondered why Paul was willing to do the things he did when he knew the persecution and the pain that was going to happen to him. But I believe that Paul really did believe that the price he had to pay to spread the good news was insignificant compared to the reward he was going to reap, because he knew that the reward was coming. He even said in 2 Corinthians chapter four, it says, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more joy. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every single day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Paul was willing to die for what he believed in. But the question is, what was Paul so passionate about? And the answer may surprise you, because it wasn't just winning souls, it wasn't just getting people to say a prayer or to sign a paper. Paul was trying to build families. He was trying to build heaven franchises around the world. He was trying to do that everywhere he went. He was trying to build community of believers that are added to day by day. He was trying to build churches of people willing to do whatever it takes to follow after God. He was willing to do whatever it takes, even if it meant prison, to build the family of God and to build groups of people willing to do whatever it takes to get closer to each other and closer to God. And I believe our mission is the same, is to build Heaven franchises, to build spiritual families around the world. And honestly, just thinking about Heaven franchises is making me kind of hungry. So let's continue our Liberty road trip. So I hopped in my car and I began my trek to one of the best fast food places in Liberty, Chick-fil-A. I hopped in the drive-thru and began waiting. This place is as busy as it gets and I am hungry i just need a chicken sandwich chicken sandwich that's it yeah what's your name sean yep hey hey want to say hi to elevate hi elevate how's it going all right so i took us here to chick-fil-a because chick-fil-a is obviously a franchise and they have amazing chicken sandwich and don't even get me started on their waffle fries. They pair that with this Chick-fil-A sauce that is just so good, it's a great price. Okay, okay, I'm getting getting a little carried away here, but I took you guys here to Chick-fil-A because I believe that Chick-fil-A is a picture of what a heaven franchise looks like. Let me explain that every chick-fil-a you go to you're gonna get the same experience you're gonna get an amazing chicken sandwich you're gonna get amazing waffle fries you're gonna have that amazing delicate chick-fil-a sauce everywhere you go that's what you're going to get it's gonna be a touch of heaven everywhere you go and that is what the chick-fil-a sandwich to me represents it's like a sandwich of heaven and that's the picture we get when we're supposed to be heaven franchises that everywhere we go We're supposed to bring a touch of heaven to that place. Just like Chick-fil-A is reaching around the world, that is what it's supposed to look like for the kingdom of heaven to come down. We're never supposed to wait for us to get to heaven. We're not supposed to wait it out. We're supposed to bring heaven down to earth, just like Chick-fil-A did with their sandwich. So I wanna read a picture of what it looks like in the Bible to have a heaven franchise in a real, tangible way. And it's found in acts chapter 2. now peter and the apostles they just went to an area and revival sparked and the holy spirit fell down upon them and they saved a whole bunch of people and they they rescued them and what happens right after that is really what's incredible about this story it's found in acts chapter 2 starting in verse 42 it says and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching i want you guys to listen to this and to picture this in your mind they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and an awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their chick-fil-a with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all people and the Lord added to their number day by day by day of those who were being saved. Paul was willing to be imprisoned and beaten and destroyed and whipped just to create those heaven families, those spiritual families, those Chick-fil-A franchises across the globe. And what he saw was families of people coming together. He saw friends and relatives and people that didn't previously know each other come together like never before and form this spiritual bond that nothing could separate them, nothing could shake them in that. Paul's mission was to create heaven franchises and spiritual families. And the Bible says that we're supposed to do the same as Paul. First Corinthians 11, one says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. It says very clearly that's it's our responsibility to imitate Paul as Paul imitates Christ. What Paul's mission was, is currently our mission today. Just like Paul was dying to create heaven franchises and spiritual families, our mission is to create heaven franchises and spiritual families. It is our responsibility. Who here hates responsibilities? I have a tendency to not like responsibilities because I just wanna be just out there and just free and not have to be held down to anything. Um, As the oldest sibling, a lot of times it's my responsibility to make sure my younger siblings are taken care of. Not so much anymore, but in the, and back then, I was about to say in the olden times, I am not that old. Back then it was my responsibility to do so a lot of the times, but it's our responsibility to create those heaven franchises. It's our responsibility to create those spiritual families. And I want to break down that word responsibility, response, ability, response to respond to something and ability, your ability to do something. It is your ability to respond to this. The amount of responsibility you have is the amount of ability you have to respond to what you've heard and to respond to instructions. And it's our responsibility to build spiritual families in our world. Hello. What is the name on your Sean. Sean? Yeah. All right, thank you so much. If we want to see heaven come down to earth, then we need to take a responsibility to build spiritual families in our lives, in our schools, in our homes, in our families, everywhere we go. And there are three things we need to build. And for the first thing, I need to get some gas. So let's go to a gas station and let's talk about point number one. After stopping by for some lunch, I needed some gas for my car. I headed to the nearest gas station to gas up. All right, so the first thing we need to build to begin to build spiritual families is build habits, to build habits. Building spiritual habits is much like the gas that you need on a road trip. So some of us are going to schools. Other of us are going to families, to workplaces, wherever we're going, we need gas, which is the habits, which are the spiritual habits that we need to build up or else what's going to happen is just like a car, it's going to sputter out and run out of fuel and run out of motivation. Without habits, Without the spiritual gas, you will quickly, quickly sputter out and r- slide back into the old life and the old habits that you have. Because listen, you never slide into health. Right? You're never gonna slide into something that's healthy. You're always gonna be sliding back. You're always gonna be backsliding into your old ways. You're always gonna be backsliding into unhealthiness. Right? You never slide into healthy eating. You never slide into a good exercise. You never slide into waking up on time. If you let yourself go, you're always sliding backwards. And the same is true for spiritual habits. You're never gonna slide into being a biblical man or a biblical woman. You're never gonna slide into being somebody strong You're always going to backslide into our flesh. You're always going to backslide into our ways. So it's our response ability, your ability to respond, to create habits. I just want to give you a few simple but not easy habits to build up. And this isn't all exclusive. This is just a few things I wrote down to help us get a good start. And so a few habits we can build are spending time with God, having accountability with other people, reading and memorizing your Bible, being real and authentic with struggles, hanging out with strong believers. Those are just a few things, just a few habits we can build to help us give us that spiritual gas that we need to build strong spiritual families around us. And this leads us right into the next thing we need to build. So the first thing we need to build is build habits. If we're gonna see spiritual families and spiritual growth, we need to build up spiritual habits, which is the gas for our engine. And the next thing we need to build is build relationships. And to do that, we're going to the next stop in our road trip. So the first thing you need to build in order to build spiritual families is you need to build spiritual habits because habits are the gas that can keep you going. And the next thing you need to build is just as important. You need to build relationships. Relationships you need to build relationships. And so that's why I took you to Ridgeview Elementary School I was here in fourth grade and in fifth grade and let me tell you I've told you guys this story before but I actually broke someone's arm here I don't know how I did it. I broke someone's arm for a catch with the football I was guarding him He was trying to catch the football and then my his arm hooked on my arm and I like tried to swat the football down But his arms around my arms and I ended up actually throwing him over And Knocking him down on the ground and ended up somehow breaking his arm. I don't even know how it happened And so, you know, we went to the nurse's office went to the principal's office and I felt really bad You know, I broke someone's arm. He was my best friend I didn't know what to do and he felt so bad for me because I felt bad that he was trying to make me Happy and make me not upset and that just to me that just shows a picture of true friendship that he he hurt his arm Right? like I hurt him, but he cared, even in that pain, he cared enough about me that he went out of his way to try to make me happy. And I believe that this shows us a picture of what it looks like to be in the body of Christ, what it looks like to build spiritual families. Here's something that if you're in leadership or if you're just in life, that you should know. There's a quote that is really popular, and it's this. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Let me say it again, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't care what you know, they don't care who you know, they don't care any of that until they know how much you care about them. And this is so true. When you're building relationships with other people, they don't care how much you know. They don't care what opinions you have. They don't care what stats you have. None of us have ever been swayed by a spew of facts or opinions, right? Like just look at Instagram comment sections. You're not gonna be, you don't see people like in those sections, like have this moment where they're like, oh my gosh, you're so right, just in the middle of a heated stats argument. No, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. When you're building relationships with people, especially unbelievers, it's never your job to fix them it's your job to build relationships with them and be a vessel for God's light and his goodness and his love. Spewing facts and opinions all day is not gonna change someone's heart, but showing them that you truly care for them, even when it wasn't deserved, now that's gonna do something. So we need to be building habits, we need to be building relationships, and let's make one last stop for point number three. So point number one was to build habits. Point number two is to build relationships. And last but not least, point number three, we need to build our trust in God. We need to build trust. And there is one place in Liberty where you can especially strengthen your relationship with Him. This place has been felt by so many people as a turning point in their lives. This place is really special to a lot of people. And right now, I wanna take you there. That place is Taco Bell Journey Church. Of course, I'm at Journey Church. And building trust with God and building security and looking to Him for your approval is is so key to building spiritual families. So we need to build habits, we need to build relationships, but we also need to build trust in God. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. And to give you a picture of what the cornerstone looks like, here is a picture of a cornerstone. You see, they used the cornerstone because they would place the stone first in the corner and then all other stones of the building would be placed in accordance with the cornerstone. And what happens when we use something else as the cornerstone? Let's say we use someone else's approval or the acceptance of a crowd as the cornerstone. What happens is the rest of your life, the rest of the bricks and the stones in your life are gonna be built around that cornerstone and it's gonna be like a keystone effect of a domino effect. It's gonna be like a domino effect that is gonna create the rest of your life and lifestyle. You know, Christian rapper Lecrae says, if you live for other people's acceptance, you're going to die from their rejection. So let me share an example from my own life. When I was in sixth grade, I got caught up in a different crowd. I got caught up in the wrong crowd. And what ended up happening was, I never did anything too serious, but what ended up happening was that I was looking to them and willing to do things and sacrifice good things to get their approval and acceptance so I could fit in. And what my, my acceptance end of that crowd and my approval of their thoughts ended up being the cornerstone of a lot of other areas of my life. Without knowing who you are in Christ, you're going to have blind spots and the rest of your life is going to be built on something other than Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to look at Paul and Paul understood that the only person he needed acceptance from was from God that Paul said you need, to make, you need to make Jesus the cornerstone because the rest of your life is gonna fill in. When you put a negative thing as the cornerstone, when you put something that's not God as the cornerstone, then the rest of your life is in danger. But when you put God, when you put Jesus as the cornerstone, then that the, the reverse is also true, that the rest of your life's gonna be in harmony with who Jesus is. So we need to build relationship, trust, and security in who God is and make him our cornerstone. All right, guys, that wraps up our Liberty Road Trip. I hope you learned something from this. We learned that our mission is just like Paul's, that we need to build spiritual families. What are spiritual families? They are groups of people together, determined to grow closer together and to grow closer to God. We can do three different ways to do that. We need to build spiritual habits, That, that and that, those are like the gas for our engine. We need to build relationship with other people. And finally, we need to build trust and security in Christ. That wraps up our Liberty Road Trip. And just as Paul went on a missions trip to build spiritual families, he is calling us to do the same. All right. Now I gotta go edit all that. All right, man, okay. Uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up here, but before I do, let's see. Uh, what, what's better, Chick-fil-A or Taco Bell? Okay, that's about what I expected. Okay, raise your hand for Chick-fil-A. As an overall general, as an overall. Okay, raise your hand for Taco Bell. Okay, there's like four people. You guys were really loud, okay? You guys were really loud. All right, so I hope the illustration was fun for you guys. I had a lot of fun doing it. I had a lot of fun going around Liberty. Uh, I haven't been to the jail before, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Not in the jail, outside of the jail, but I haven't visited the jail But, um, so yeah, Paul took a big road trip around the world, um, and he was doing that because he believed so much in building churches and building those spiritual families. And I just want to recap what we, uh, the three things that he did for that, and I'm just going to put it in different words. So building spiritual families means doing these three things. It means magnifying God, lifting up others, and then growing yourself. You know, we talked about that we need to build up habits, lifting, uh, growing ourselves. We need to build relationships, which is lifting up others. And we need to build trust in God, which is magnifying God. So we magnify God, we lift others, and we grow ourselves. And I just want to share with you guys that this is actually our mission statement at Elevate. This is actually our vision statement. It's reach up, raise up, and rise up. And so reach up is to reach up with God with everything we have, to raise up other people around us, and to rise up to our calling. And that is our, that is our way, that is our process for building spiritual families around us. And again, a spiritual family, it's like the Acts chapter 2. The Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, has got to be my favorite passage of Scripture in the entire Bible. I read it at the beginning in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, but it was just talking about how families of people were getting together and growing together and getting together, um, growing together and growing in God together. And so I want to call the worship team back up. They're going to come back up here. And I'm going to leave you guys with a challenge and an encouragement as we leave, as we, as we go about our week, to leave you guys with a challenge. And so my challenge for you this week is to reevaluate who or what we are living for. It's to reevaluate what we are doing, why we are doing things. Not that we just go through the motions, that we just go to church and we just read the 100 day dare and that we just go through all the things, but are we at the level that Paul was at, that he was willing to do anything to create those spiritual families? And honestly, I think most of us in this room are not. Like I can say there are definitely places in my life where I'm not like that, where I'm kind of just going through the motions, just kind of doing what I do and not really thinking about or putting a lot of effort into why I'm doing those things. And so here's a question I've heard a long time ago that really challenged me before. And it's this. If all of your prayers were immediately answered right now, would the world change or just your world? If all of your prayers that you're praying were immediately answered right now, it was just wish granted, like like God was a genie and every prayer you had was answered, would the world change, would the world around you change, or would it just be your life? And honestly, that is very convicting to me, because I find a lot of mornings that my prayer is just very self-centered. And again, we need to pray for ourselves. Like absolutely, you know, I pray every morning uh, for healing from diabetes. Like I, I, we need to be praying for ourselves. But it's a good check in our spirit and like check in our mind. That's like, okay, what are we, what are we living for here? What are we, what are we willing to die for? What, what are we doing here? So. Let's all stand up right now, and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit in. And I just want to challenge I just want to leave you guys with that and figure out which area in your life that you need to reevaluate and improve on. Maybe it's building up spiritual habits. Maybe it's your own personal life that you need the most building up and encouragement in. Maybe, this, maybe it's uh, building relationships with other people. Whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's magnifying God, building up trust in God. Whatever that looks like for you, I just want us to take this second and to evaluate and just let the Holy Spirit in. Jesus, I just thank you for this message. I thank you for this word that you've given us. Holy Spirit, we just just invite you in tonight. We just invite you in to change us, to make adjustments and allow your love into our life. Because God, I'm not there yet, but I want to get to the point where I'm willing to do whatever it takes to die for you, to do whatever it takes to show, to take responsibility and build spiritual families. I heard a motto of a church recently, and it's a, big, it's a big church, but their motto was, we're going to do anything short of sin to save lives. I want to get to that point. I want to do anything short of sin to fi- fulfill the calling that you have for us and to save lives around us. So, Jesus, we just invite you in. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. We invite you into this place and into our worship, and let's declare with our mouths through this last song of who God is, and who he means and what he means to us. So let's worship.